Happy New Year to everybody, man. Welcome back. Season three, we kicking it off right, man. Another episode, another season. New season, still the same thing, man. Bar drinks and entrees, man. Welcome us back. and we, We're glad to be back. I'm glad uh, everybody who made it to the new year and, you know, rest in heaven to everybody who didn't, you know. Uh, last year was a tough year, so coming into this new year, I hope everything is stays going up and up and up for everybody. But without further ado, my name is James. My name is Kenny. <laughs> here bringing casual conversations to life. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. How you doing, Kenny? Good, man. Um, well, for what it was the last couple of weeks, man. Um, I guess uh, we can go right dive into it, man. And shout out our bro, man, uh, Ronald Pittman. Um, he was a guy that uh, he was on our show. I would say like second to last show. Before, he was on there a couple of times, but he was on couple, the second to last show. Yeah, a couple of weeks before Christmas, um, he was on the show, and the last thing he ever did, um, you know, like I said, he 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 passed. Um, went home with you know he went home to to the Lord um, unexpectedly to all of us. Uh, shockingly, I'm still uh, shocked about the news and everything like that. Um, but we just had his funeral on Monday. Um, uh, with his family and everything like that. But, you know, one of the last things that he ever done on his podcast for us was pray over. What's up, Pitt? Hey, man, I, I just wanted to, if I could, I know we said a lot about God tonight. I just wanted to have a quick opportunity to pray over the podcast. Of y'all no, go by all means. Go ahead. Do your thing, man. You like, know, we're I, I, we're I, never going to turn that down. Never going to turn I, that I, down. I just wanted to say a quick prayer, man. Father God, we just thank you right now, God, for this time, this opportunity, God, this chance that we got to come together and fellowship, God. First, I ask God that you bless Kenny and James, God, for this um, amazing podcast, God, this opportunity that they started, Father God. Cover them and keep them, God. Strengthen it, God. Uh, make this show into whatever you want it to be, Father God. I thank you for all the participants, Father God, everybody that was online today, God. Keep their families, God. Strong, God, keep them healthy in their mind, God. Keep our bodies COVID free, Father God. Unify your people, God. God, we need you to show up and show out, Father God. We need you, Father God, to make a way out of no way, Father God. And we rely on you, God, for everything that's happening right now, Father God. So we call out your name right now, God. Move on behalf of their families, God. Be with their children right now, Father God. Help them to make sound and godly decisions, Father God. That your name may get all the honor and glory, Father God. This is my prayer. God, today, Father God, for these people and unto you, God, it's in your mighty name that we pray and we give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. And, you know, that's something that we've never done, but he asked to pray over it. And like I said, I'm, I'm a guy that put God in everything that we do. So, um, you know, we took his pray, prayed over it and told us, don't stop, keep going. Um, and, you know, he was proud of us for, for, for uh, starting this and staying consistent and persistent, um, putting episodes out and things like that, because he actually believed in the brand. So um, it was definitely tough, but, um, you know, you know, no one's everyone that everybody that loved him is not going through this storm alone. I just want one of James to know that and, uh, my man E um, from the OT podcast to know that we all here. We all going through it uh, together. Yeah, man, um, it's definitely been a tough, tough couple of weeks for me. Uh, definitely been a tough week this week, too. Um, Laying my man to rest. Um, like you said, he transitioned up. Transition to his new home. Um, we've been rocking since 13. Uh, he lived across the street from me. Um, and um, yeah, man, that, it, 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 it's, it's crushed me, man. It, it has definitely crushed me a lot. Um, I still have my, 
good days and I have my bad days with it. Um, very, very, very intelligent guy. Had a lot of wisdom that he shared on the show. Um, had a lot of wisdom that he shared with me. Always had my back, man. Like, true definition of a great man, great friend, great brother. Um, so, like, this is definitely tough. Uh, even talking about it now, you know, um, trying not to choke up. But, um, this one, I like, especially when we was in high school, man, and growing up. If you seen him, you seen me. If you seen me, you seen him. And, you know, so this one is tough, man. And, um, you know, like you said, rest in, rest in heaven, rest easy, rest in peace, you know. Um, you know, just sheesh, man. And, um, like, and then it's, you know, because he, uh, you know, the way it went, man. But, yeah, like, the one thing that I will say, he was a man of God. Um, he definitely was a man of God, and I know where he is. You know, I know where, I know where he, he resides at right now. So that's the thing. And uh, one thing he wanted us to do is celebrate his life and not mourn it. So, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm going to continue to do it. Um, like I said, man, so I appreciate y'all giving me this time to really speak about him and, you know, uh, what he meant to me and what he did for me, you know, in my life, man. Um, true definition of a brother from another mother, man. So, you know, uh, but uh, we had like a, lot more, a lot more funny moments. Yeah, um, then uh, you know, these times right here, so definitely want to cherish the memories, man. Um, yeah, I'm definitely won't let them go, still don't want to accept it. Um, but yeah, it's been a rough, rough week. It was even, I'm not gonna lie, it was even hard kind of getting on the pod, man, you know. Uh, but you know, Kenny held it down, you know, you know, and uh, you know, and then like he just, you know, just talking to him a lot about it, like he said, when the one is to stop, like he said, he bet he blessed it, so. You know, rest in peace to Big Pit, aka Jr., aka my brother, man. So, um, yeah. mm. love you, bro. Yeah, I love you so, too. Man. I love you, bro, man. Jeez. Yeah. So, so going on into um, uh, you know, talking about our happy hour topics, um, the insurrection. Of the but before we get there, before we get there, okay. No, not necessarily that, man. You know, we got guests on the show that you didn't introduce, but that's fine. You know what I'm saying? You definitely didn't introduce none of the guests. So, um, yeah, I'm, 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 a I'm a terrible host. Yeah. So, so, so let's introduce our guest that's on here. And I apologize no, to I, you guys. I, I, I'm trying to control the ship, man, because you had a moment. So, I'm trying to like figure out where we're going with this. So, but go ahead, man. But let's introduce our guest, man. Uh, <laughs> ladies first, always. Um, so I'm gonna start with the young lady who hasn't been on the show yet. Um, this is her first time. A uh, good friend of mine, like just like Pitt, been knowing her since you know 13 and so we we went to LBA together. Um, you know, really all that man, just 25 plus years. You know what I mean? She stayed on the other side of me. I stayed out of Grove. She stayed on the other side of the lowest price. Uh, so I believe so, but uh, without further ado, uh, Brandy, but if she got the whiskey introvert up there, so I'll let her introduce herself, and if you got anything you want to promote, please promote. Uh, just, you know what I'm saying? Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, happy Friday. Uh, like you said, you know, I've been, um, I've been far removed kind of from the DMV now, probably like close to like 20 years. Like uh, Doing an ATL, right? Wow. Right. Yeah, I moved here about 15 years ago, right out of college. So the last time I actually went home was back in 2017 because I wanted to check out that new MGM. Okay. And I actually, I linked up with Leah. So we, we met oh, wow. out there. Oh, wow. 
know what I'm saying? Then we hit up stadiums. Like that was the last time I was um, in the city, but you know what I'm saying? Every summer I keep saying like, I'm gonna I'm go back. I'm gonna make it my business though to go back this summer. I don't care what it is, how I gotta do it. Like I have all my kids in tow, I'm definitely coming back up there. Um, but no, I don't really have anything to promote. You know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> you know, I'm just all about supporting black businesses. I'm all about maintaining a positive vibe. So you can find me on Instagram at the Whiskey Introvert um, Clubhouse at the, uh, well, on Clubhouse is at Whiskey Introvert. Whiskey with no E, because they have like a limit to the characters that you could put in your uh, name. <laughs> so so you know how to spell. Yeah, so you got to take the E out of whiskey or it ain't going to come up. Um, I got a YouTube channel. I'm about to try to kick that up a little bit more because I really don't put much on it. So, and I have a blog. So like, you know what I'm saying? I, I really try to drive a lot of my traffic to my blog because that's what I do. That's my passion. I write. Um, I moved here to Atlanta writing. I used to work for Upscale Magazine. I used to ah. contribute to the Atlanta Voice. So that's what my undergraduate degree is in, is in print journalism. I was a college uh, editor of my newspaper um, eons ago. So that's what I really love to do is write. So truthfully, the Instagram is, is straight, but I'd rather you go to my blog. Um, and then just lastly, you know what I'm saying, on, on Ron, you know what I'm saying? Like, of course I remember him, all that, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it's, it's, it was it was crazy to me because he actually came to Atlanta um, back in late 2019 with E, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? When I was on E podcast. Mm. And you know what I'm saying? When I saw him, I hadn't seen him, you know what I'm saying? Like in a minute. So, you know what I'm saying? Just like, he has like a presence. Like as soon as you see him, you just, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a jovial energy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I couldn't even really do my interview good because I was just in there laughing. Like we was just in there cutting up. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the last memory I have of him, which is beautiful. Cause you know what I'm saying? Like, I just remember how it made me feel. So, you know what I'm saying? Rest in peace, uh, JR. Cool, cool. Um, Sparkle, let's come to you. I mean, it was always ladies first, so introduce yourself and if you got anything you want to promote. <laughs> hey guys, happy new year and all that good stuff. Happy Friday and happy Founders Day to you, Brandy, again. Oh yeah, happy Founders Day, happy Brandy. Happy Founders Day. Ski yes, week. Um, my name is Sparkle. I just want to say sorry for your loss, guys. Um, it's such a tragic time and I, you know, pray for you guys in your morning and um, you have a new angel. So definitely, definitely, I do want to say, you know, my condolences for your loss. Um, I want to shout out my daughter, Azari Kennedy. She has a urban fashion line. It's Ill Fashions Apparel. You guys can find her on Instagram. So shout her out if you guys are looking for some urban funky attire and thanks for having me here again i appreciate the invite that was really late but thanks oh, shit. this is one of my favorite guests here man <laughs> I, I hate it here um <clears throat> moving oh. on <laughs> the, uh, final uh last and final guest uh on the show today uh our man uh Bryce, man, uh, <laughs> our man, Bryce, man, uh, yeah. you know, from Nike, man, uh, young guy, but old soul, man, he definitely acts older than what, I mean, you know what I mean, acts older than what he is, uh, great dude, a lot of energy, man, uh, good times, uh, when I met him, we hit it off, and 
we've been uh, rocking and been bros ever since, man. So, uh, shout out Bryce and Bryce, you know, man. Introduce yourself, tell a little about a little bit about what you're doing, and you know anything you want to promote. Uh, hey, that's the best. First off, namaste to everybody. Hopefully, everybody had a blessed Friday. Um, secondly, don't try to kick it like I want y'all balls, dog. I had. <laughs> Okay, don't be trying to downplay me like I ain't signed off when you getting a job at the Nike, okay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you see how you play with it, Kenny? Yeah, like, I see it, I see family, it. James, I had you. <laughs> no, I'm not no, but um, you know, I'm gonna advertise me all the time. So um, my name is Bryce, I do personal training. You can catch me at Coach Bryce the Goat on anything you got. Um, I have my own training page as well, Goat Training LLC. I'm also starting a YouTube channel as well, um, Goat Training. <laughs> um, everything is kind of trademarked and in there to go. Right now, what I'm doing is selling hoodies. I'm looking to tap into a little bit more uh, female uh, gym suits. So tops and bottoms, get them with the sports bra, compression tights all that good stuff. These are some of the hoodies that we working with right now. I got them in different colors, gray, yellow, black, all of them embroidered, stitched, looking good. You know it, $40, hit the player up. <laughs> Get you one, you be out here looking good. I'm trying to tell you, that's my leather couch. I ain't got to tell you that, um, couch, that, that, you know what I'm saying? We do, we got masks. Um, I got three or four different colors of the masks. That's just one of them. Um, other than that, man, keeping my head down, being an entrepreneur, it's uh, not easy, but somebody got to do it. Hey, man. Congrats to you on that, man. I'm proud of you. Uh, know what you went through at, uh, know what you went through with Nike and everything like that. So as we can see now, it was a blessing in disguise. Um, so, you know, I'm proud the way you bounced back from that. Yeah, you was my boss, but you was more of a, of a homie. Besides the ball, so don't play me like that. I am the elder statesman. Roger was my boss or not. You almost made me curse. Nah, you know it's all love. Ain't no such thing as a boss, man. Yeah, hey, yes, sir, yes, sir, man. Um, all right, now that we got the intros out the way, man, Kenny, let's kind of move forward with what you want to do and disown it. Don't you know, that. <laughs> disregard don't the gas that. that we had. But don't do that. You don't can go ahead and get to what you want to get to. I don't no, know. No. Kenny trying to get us out of here. Kenny yeah, was like, what I, time he said it is? <laughs> <laughs> I'll fall back. Do you think, Kenny? Nah, man. Nah, nah, nah. Um, so going into um these days and times, man. Um, we got the inauguration coming upon us next week. Um, so we, we in the happy hour segment, just to let y'all know. But going into uh the inauguration next week, all these threats, what happened a week ago with the uh at the US Capitol. Um you know, I, I talked to James about it. I said, I said, man, when we do this show, we definitely got to talk about this and ask, um, first and foremost, where were we at when all this stuff was going down? And, you know, what each and every one of us thought about what was actually going down. And um, is there such thing as a, uh, what you call that, um, privilege <laughs> in, 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 this, in, in such when we talk about the insurrection and things like that? So um, it's a good happy hour topic. I want to, you know, discuss all wrapped in one. Um, just, you know, first touch on the insurrection because um, it was insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. And then also we're going to dive into, uh, uh, you know, you know, Joe, Joe Biden and, and, and how he's going to lead 
well, President Biden and how, is he, how he's going to lead the country and um, trying to get rid of this uh, long-standing virus. Um, and we can start with my man Bryce. You know, I'm a sharp man. I don't know if I should go first. Uh, personally, my personal opinion as a as a black man um, living in America, my personal opinion is to be called a monkey for over 400 years and watch how them white people climb that wall, boy. I'm trying to tell you <laughs> that that to me was all I needed to see. You know what I mean? Um, Somebody used to, uh, I had a coach, he used to always tell us, if you point one finger, it's four pointing back at you. And to see just the, the way that they acted, uh, I guess, just being out there and just in support of, I guess, hatred, really. Um, and just, I don't know, the dysfunction that is America, you know, it's kind of just crazy to watch it on television. But also, just to hear, like, they're not looters or rioters like they're protesters you know what i mean and it's just like dang we standing out front of target and we might get popped um so that you know just the i guess to tap into the privilege statement it's definitely a privilege but it's also a privilege to be black and i think that gets lost in that transaction of what is white privilege like I think it's a privilege to be black. So I'm, you know, uh, I guess looking at it, I was just like, damn, I guess we all do come from the same place because they look like the same monkeys they be calling us. <laughs> um, outside of that, though, just to wrap it, though, y'all seen, y'all, I'm sure everybody listening to, like, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. So the actual first thing I thought about when everybody was like, man, if it was black people out front of the Capitol, they would have shot them. And I was thinking about that to Pimp a Butterfly album cover. Yeah. And it just like just looking at it, you know what I mean? And I feel like the, you know, the depiction of the black men in that picture, he tried to kind of show all different sides of what we look like to the outside of a black race, I feel like. So to kind of just see those white faces almost reenacting the To Pimp a Butterfly album cover was almost like, you know, that's just do right there. Yeah, and by the way, uh, James hates that album, but um, I told him that album was necessary for the culture. Um, moving on. Um, album is trash, but I like Kendrick Lamar, but that album is trash. No, man, that album is got a couple of good songs on it, but the album's trash. That album will come out two weeks ago, and, and, and it'll hit. It'll moving hit. on, moving on. <laughs> Sparkle. Are you ready, or you want me to... No, I'm ready. Um, so I think you said, where were we? So I was at home teleworking. Um, I didn't know what was going on. I got a phone call. And um, just to see it was absolutely horrifying. But I will say one thing that I noticed that the people that were out there protesting had no loyalty to anybody. Um, even their own people, they were willing to attack I saw one of the officers that was a white officer and they were trying to take his gun and kill him. So like they went so hard and um, like Bryce said, them climbing like monkeys and it was awful. And um, my heart goes out to the, the officers that had to deal with it that wasn't inside officers because I do believe that there were a lot of officers that had an inside job on it. And um, mm -hmm. I just hope that, you know, it all comes out 
full throttle. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Brandy? I mean, I wasn't surprised. <clears throat> I mean, at all. You know, I don't like to get, you know, overconsume or oversaturate myself with politics and news, but yeah. you know, I had been watching and paying attention to a lot of this years ago, but then just you know, on the acute side, they were telling us what they were up to. Like they were already, you know what I'm saying, basically letting us know, like, you know what I'm saying, um, you know, from 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 the election, you know what I'm saying, when Biden won, like when Trump wouldn't concede, when he started the whole narrative that, you know, it was rigged, it was stolen, you know, and then, you know, I'm here in Georgia, so it was just all this crazy stuff going on here with how they was, you know, trying to call the uh, secretary of state. They was calling the governor, trying to get everybody to overturn vote. So it was just, it was something that I was watching unfold. So literally early, early that day, cause that's my middle son birthday. Early that day, I had already started watching the live stream. Like even before it like hit real news. Cause I was like, I already know something about to pop off. And sure enough, like I watched it build up to what it built up to. But what I think what was most striking to me was how people acted so taken aback. Like, oh my God, like they're they're white terrorists. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're domestic terrorists. But like somebody had said, and, and you know, and I ain't got kind of like too sucked into like the CNN vacuum, but white men in America have always been the most predominant white terror. I mean, they've been the most predominant domestic terrorists. You know what I'm saying? They just don't like to acknowledge it. They don't like to actually put that label with it. So that's why I said I wasn't surprised because that's they that's their backyard. That's what they known for. You know, they found um bombs, they found all types of stuff. Like you know what I'm saying? Like they was out there with long rifles. They had a woman with a bullhorn that was calling out exactly where they need to go inside the Capitol to get access. So, I mean, this was like some real planned out, you know what I'm saying? So saying all of that, like, it was just crazy because I seen a lot of people on social media talking about, oh, it was staged. It was like the Sandy Hook um, elementary school shooting. And like, they just, you know, played that out to distract us. And I don't like to go down a lot of rabbit holes with conspiracies because my thing is, if it was just completely staged, like they just did it for a wow effect, they should have murked more than just the one white veteran woman and then the one Capitol police officer because the rest of them was like natural cause death, deaths. So it's like, if they were trying to go for the effect of, you know, let's like really make people get shook they should have wiped out or fake wiped out, you know what I'm saying, a whole lot more people than they did. So all of that to say, I wasn't surprised. Um, I just think that it's a time right now in, in the world and in especially in America where a lot of white people are realizing like, like goddamn, like, you know what I'm saying? Like we really, we really demonic, like we, <laughs> Good. I don't know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think a lot of them, the veil has come down and they realize like, it's us. Like, you know what I'm saying? They really, what we've been projecting this whole time, it's us, you know what I'm saying? So that's how I saw it. Yeah, I, I agree. Like my interpretations of it, like, um, I mean, be honest, this world was found on white supremacy. Um, I remember reading a, reading a book, James Baldwin um, talked about, you know, how, how, 
what was their reasoning for coming here to start freedom, bring new opportunities. And when they saw a person of color or person that did not look like them, they call those people less than, you know, less than a man. So that, that, that really trickled them. So any type of crime that happens to them, it's not a crime because they're not identified as a man. And they talking about people that look like us. So it, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bryce. Yeah. But, um, it, you know, I, I really think like how hip hop um, talks about what goes on in, in the cities. It's, it's a direct reflection of what's going on in the environments of people of color, black and brown, you know, Asian, you know, whatever minority. I think what happened with, with the whole insurrection thing, it showed the world that America should stink too. Um, America plays the police, they wear the badge, they go around and try to fix other countries' problems and tell them democracy is this and that. Where at back home, their shit sink just as much as those those countries that they go in and critique and, and try to get on. So I think, um, you know, even for, for, for Trump, like, I don't even think those people knew that they were going to march to the Capitol until Trump said it. And then when Trump said, I'll march to the Capitol with you and we'll fight trial by combat and all this, he just gassing them up and everything like that. But the difference between Trump and like Dr. King and them, when they um, marched on civil rights, Dr. King and them was in the front line. Dr. King and them got arrested and they was in jail with the people that was marching. Donald Trump was in the Oval Office watching. You know what I'm saying? So this, this is how these people manipulate um, even the people that, that, that follow them and look up to them and look, look to them for guidance. He, he treats them like shit too. So. I'm, I'm, you know, we, we can say the insurrection was was bad, but uh, you know me, I, we had no fighting in it. You know, like I said, it was it was the KKK versus the white supremacists. You know, whatever you call it, the cops versus the KKK or whatever, and we were just sitting back for the first time in American history. So that's the way I look at the whole situation. I'm just gonna add this one little part, like in because I forgot who said it, but it was just the point about the contrast and just how the response was because it was MAGA Trump supporters. And, you know, I know a lot of times people say that people are pushing this whole agenda of defunding the police or police reform, but it's never been about police reform because police know how to exercise restraint. They are trained to mediate. They're trained to not act in deadly force. It's just that they do it with us. They just do it with people of color. It's evident. It's evident. Like you literally had somebody hitting you over the head with a fire extinguisher. You had somebody beating you with a flag. Like you had people showing you that they want to cause harm and nothing instinctually says, pull my, you know what I'm saying? Like right. it's evident. It's, it's not police reform. It's not, um, you know what I'm saying? That they have to be rehabilitated. It's that they are intrinsically um, it's, it's, it's like intrinsically embedded in them to look at people of color as less than. It, it's just instinctual for them to react to us the way that they have been, so. Yeah. God, I'm gonna yeah. say something too. I just wanna tag on to what she was just saying. Um, just about when I was saying it's a privilege to also be black. Um, I think a lot of people, I feel like in and our generation or maybe even younger than us, I think the fact that we lose the fact that we are not 
the minority. We are not a small amount. We are of everybody. Anybody that walks this earth, we are of them. They are of us. So we are just the most, uh, I guess, the closest due to the melanin in our skin. But as far as where that hatred comes from, it's because they know something about us that they stripped from our prior knowledge. So something that you have to find for yourself as an individual. Um, we don't really have, I guess, the resources or, or the amount of people to really project that type of light onto us to let us know that there is a light within us. Um, we are, we usually uh, see people that look like us that come from poverty or they come from uh, just hardened or stricken neighborhoods or places on earth that are not maybe as uh, forgiven for your skin color, but not realizing that our skin color is actually magical. The things that we could do as a people, the things that we showed them um, before they were kidnapping us, those are the reasons why they hate us because they know that we are magic. We started the voodoo and that Creole and knowing seasonings and how the earth moves and how the winds blow and how to hunt and how to fish and how to do all of those things. So when you are um, the apprentice, sometimes your idols become your rivals. Yeah. And I feel like in life, um, the reason that a lot of us are just miseducated, I guess miseducated just about the slave trade period is because we have already been ostracized. We've already been put into a place where, I mean, if y'all, I don't know if any of you all are familiar with like Jim Crow laws, but yeah. that was the whole thing to remove the whips and chains and still be able to hold over the mind, right? So it started way back from, you know, when I was a kid and my grandmother just keep telling me, you know, um, just Jesus and, and Moses and everybody else and Noah and all of that. And I'm just like, Ma, you sure that somebody was in a whale's stomach for that long and they just came out? Like, who is telling us these stories? Like, where do we get these metaphors and these practices from? You know what I mean? Like, is that really what it's like? Because if you watch the Amistad, when they was coming over, they were praying to Allah on their way over. Mm -hmm. um, but just little things like that, just like encoded and just things that, I mean, generationally, like we've already been set back. If anybody in this conversation was to go and tell their grandmother something about, you know, that blue hair, white Jesus or whoever that they pray to, I bet your grandmother might smack you because she just know for sure and she really believes it. And that's the thing. It's almost like Freddy Krueger. If you believe in it, It'll be whatever you believe in, but if you believe in yourself, you'll also see that other light start to come out. So just to, I guess, add that in um, for anybody that's watching or anybody that's in here, just knowing that your skin is actually the blessing. Like you actually are blessed. Like the fact that they hate you, that's the same way that they stoned Jesus while he was hanging on the cross for those who are Christian. You know what I mean? Like that hate is because you're something different than everybody else. So just naturally they're born um, and it's going to be a level of hatred towards you. But like Cat Williams said, you're going to need a couple. <laughs> yeah. What about you, James? Um, for me, uh, um, I, I mean, I, I wasn't surprised. Um, of course I wasn't surprised because um, they, they live by no rules. You know, they're lawless. Um, when, it's your, when it's your country or when it's your, when it's your, when it's your rules, you know, and somebody changed them or made you feel some a certain way about it, you're gonna act the way you act. And when you feel as though 
you don't, if you if you walk the earth like nothing's gonna happen to you, of course you're gonna act the way you act. Um, and I, like you said, I think they definitely got the battery putting their back. Um, that's the one thing I do I do love about Trump. He has opened up the the uh, the, the doors for them to come out. So now we know who they are. Like you always say, Kenny. Um, so you know I wasn't I wasn't surprised, and I, I'm not surprised that they'll be back down here. Um, in the next couple of days, you know, and it's just it's crazy that what's going on is on, you know, the holiday, Martin Luther King Jr. But, you know, um, I just feel as though um, they did what, you know, anybody do that's mad and pouting, you know what I mean? It's just that, like you said, they don't feel as though nothing's going to happen to them. They don't feel no harm is going to be done. They feel as though, like, and when you feel that way and when the people that, you know, that, and then they know, they, I mean, not necessarily know the people, but the people that you see and they, they you, like, we know how to talk to each other, you know what I mean? So nine times out of 10, I'm not scared of an African-American because I can relate. So the people that you're going up against, you can relate to. So it's like, yeah, calm down, calm down. When you can relate to an individual of my color, of course you're going to act accordingly. You know what I mean? For example, as a black man, when you see the police, you tighten up no matter what. You know what I mean? You just tighten up because you know what happens from, from, from previous times or experience, whatever have you, where them, it, it doesn't happen the same way. So why should they feel as though they shouldn't be able to do that? You know, why do why why would they feel like what they did was wrong? Yeah, the takeover, that was a takeover. They, they breached the Capitol. Um, you know, of course, you know, I believe they should get what they deserve, but you've seen some of the people that got locked up. Woman said, oh, my son is, 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 is struggling in jail because he only eats organic food. And he won't eat. And then I, when I heard, they serving him organic food. Yeah, it's crazy. So you know what I'm saying when you are when you have certain things that happen. I mean, you hear the stories. They opened up the gates. You hear the stories. They didn't. You know, Trump didn't. You know, deploy the cops. He didn't deploy the national guards. You know, things like that. When you hear that, you when you see certain officers taking pictures with them. I mean, they look like them, so they act accordingly. So why would you feel as though what you did was wrong? You know what I mean? Especially when you feel like, especially when you, when you don't feel like what you're doing is not wrong because this is your country. That's what they believe. They always say, "Go back to where you came from." Like they were, like, like, like they were born here. Like they didn't steal this country. You know what I mean? Like this country was not, not they. Let me just say, like the country wasn't stolen. This whole the, the America is built on lies. I just want to see what the history books. And what the internet will say when it's time for the generations behind us see this. You know what I mean? How would it look? Will this be in the history book? You know what I mean? Because I've seen a post don't know how true it is and everything like that. But when the Black Lives Matter movement's going on, there was a bunch of military forces out there, you know, standing there waiting, waiting for something to happen. Yep. And now when they come down and do everything they did, no mask, they didn't follow any of the rules, no mask, they had their guns and everything like that and don't know where everybody came from. But I know every country in the world, you can't conceal the curry. I'm not saying that they didn't have their concealed license, but you can't conceal the curry. And they had guns on them. So obviously they felt like, you know, I, 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 I the privilege thing, yeah, I get it. But, you know, if, yeah, if you feel privileged, why would you feel a, certain, a different way? Like, you would drive fast or do things because you know that somebody can get you out of get you out of whatever you went to. 
think about it from a standpoint. If I know that the the bully, the biggest bully in the school or the best fight in the school got my back, I'm gonna talk my shit. Cause I know that who got my back, everybody's scared of. They're not scared of anything. They don't have no reason to be. Six nine. <laughs> <laughs> but so you know, I don't really want to speak too much on it. Um, I'll um, you know, uh, I'm just you know, it wasn't our fight, like you said, Kenny. I get that part of it too. Um, it was just crazy. It wasn't crazy to see. I mean, that's just how they act all the time. You know, this ain't the first time they did it. The, you know, this ain't the first time, and it's not gonna be the last. It was like watching two bullies in the schoolyard fight, and everybody sitting back like, "Where my popcorn at?" <laughs> so you know, um, no, I'm not. You know, uh, you know. Uh, then you heard other things such as Chuck uh, talk bad about uh, Pence afterwards. Told me he was acting like a p word. I've heard, I've seen that clip. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I mean. Like certain things I've seen, I don't want to reference everything because I don't know what's true and what's not, but. Just things you've seen, the way he talked about it, even when he got on the TV, he said, yeah, uh, we don't act like this, you know, good people, even though they stole the election. So you, you're continuing to incite what they're doing. You're going to keep putting the battery in their back. So if somebody put a battery in your back to charge you up, we've done it before, charge somebody up to go do something crazy. Yeah. And that's what they did. Yeah. So, you know, they were true believers. They're true, they're true believers in Trump and what he stand for. And you know, they 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 took it upon themselves to fight. And the crazy thing about it was that same day, a lot of people may not even know the police over in uh, I can't think of the name of this the, the actual I don't know if it was the county or the city, but the police in Milwaukee, not necessarily Milwaukee, but in Wisconsin, they got off. Yeah, I mean, so a lot of people don't even know that part of it. They got off. So when like 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 you know, things like that for killing that guy. They got off, and a lot of people don't. That that has yet to be talked about because of what was going on at the Capitol. So that's something else. Like I don't like I said, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. But when Brandy brought that up, it just made me think about that. That ties into exactly that point, though. Like that's why. Like that was the first time in American history that the world seen on that type of platform racism and uh, double standards as far as uh, justice, you know what I'm saying? Because it's clear, like, you know what I'm saying? Like it was a clear contrast. Like, you know what I'm saying? We see the pictures of like when the Black Lives Matter movement uh, was down there, how they had the National Guard, you know what I'm saying? They had them in formation, you know what I'm saying? Trump even passed new le legislation basically saying that, you know, anybody who uh, rioted, you know what I'm saying, damaged federal property would serve a minimum of 10 years. Like he created this, yep. you know what I'm saying? Just, just to make the point that they weren't going to be tolerating it. So to me, that's why this was, to me, it was so historic just from the standpoint that people always categorize black people as crying the, the, oh, it's racism card or, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like we we just making this up in our head, but this was like the first time ever that you seen something like this happen that like literally, like, you know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't, I don't wish death on nobody, but I was literally just sitting there kind of like waiting, like, all right, who about to die? Like, you know what I'm saying? 
because I was just like, this is too much. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they going too hard. It's too much happening. It's nobody around. So I feel like the takeaway from that, if, if, if it's even going to be perceived that way, it was a real like come to Jesus moment for the world to realize like, God damn, like they ain't been lying. Like this is really what they on. Like they really literally sit here and watch their Capitol Police officer get murdered. They literally sit here and watch them overtake a federal building and they standing around like they just helpless. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? They'll come up into a, a impoverished community and let out 40 rounds on somebody who got their hands up. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm like saying? So it was yeah, it, the, the contrast of it is what I feel like is the biggest takeaway that people now that bail is down. Like you can't make excuses about it. You know for a fact that the systemic oppression that people have been under, people of color, you know what I'm saying, for X amount of years is not imagined. It's what this country was built on. So, you know what I'm saying? The reason why those type of white people or just white people, if we're gonna speak generally in some kind of context, the reason why they're so emboldened, that's just in their DNA. Like that's all they've ever known. Like that's how they came into existence into this world, into this, into this country specifically, is that they are all powered, that they, they don't have to abide by laws. That's why they was moving how they were. You know what I'm saying? Like they was moving like, yeah, because when you make the laws, you you know you can break the laws. That's how I look at it. Um, yeah, when you make the laws, and you can break the laws. And there's like after this, there's no way that I mean they can say they ignored all they want. I know they really believe it. I saw something on Instagram where they found one of the guys that was in the pictures during the insurrection, and they they tackled him and put his hands behind his back, and he said, "You guys treat me like I'm black." <laughs> You know it's something wrong here. You know, you, you choose know, to ignore yeah, that. Crazy. You know it's crazy when like you know you open up the mail, you got your feet up, you know, you taking pictures and everything like that. But like I said, man, we could talk about it all day. But at the end of the day, man, when you don't feel as though you're wrong, you're gonna do what you do. And I don't think they felt though they was wrong in that. I think they they felt like it was protest, but like the way they went about it was a terrorist act to me. And man, you know what I mean? We'll see how they get reprimanded for it. Um whatnot but like i said man we got some other stuff we got to cover on the show tonight but you know um it was it was a sight to see um it's crazy in our in our lifetime what we have seen from 9-11 to black president to uh, a, a a pandemic to a breach of like capital i mean a federal building and just even knowing that trump uh makes the call to, to send out the federal you know the federal uh officers national guards cavalry things like that and he didn't do it so you know, but we can talk about this all day, man. Okay, let's let's keep this thing going. Let's keep the train going. You want to go, you wanna go to, uh, to the first round? And, uh, nah, man, we can do this. No, nah, we can do the, um, let's do it. Do the, uh, uh, we can do a break, a break the ice game, just just to break the ice. We, we came up with this game. Um, and uh, we, we we normally do, like, during the quarantine, we did verses. Then we'll sometimes we do a one got to go. This last, the last episode we did, we, we played, um, this game where let's say you're on a road trip and you have one R&B art, one R&B artist and one rap artist listen to the whole trip. Just pick one and then we'll just keep it moving around the table. Yeah, uh, me and Kenny not gonna go cause we did it last time unless yeah. you want to Kenny, but let's just, you know, if it was on a road trip and the reason why we do it cause it was the holidays and people were traveling. So 
Let's keep the party going. So, Uncle, let's start with you. One R&B artist that you can listen to a whole road trip and one uh, rapper that you can listen to the whole road trip. Beyonce and Tupac. Okay, I like it. I like it. Hey. Uh, Bryce, let's come to you, Bryce. It's getting tough right here. I didn't know y'all was gonna get serious like this. Uh, <laughs> I, let me ask for one stipulation. Can I put a group in there? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's like if it's an it R&B group. group. Yeah, yeah, it can be a group. Yeah. I I ain't got no group, but I just wanted to ask. Um, <laughs> I think if it was a whole road trip, it'd probably be Jay Z for my rapper. Mm-hmm. And for my R&B, I'd probably go with, and it's killing me right here because I you know I'm an R&B guy. I'm gonna say right now, if I was to pull my phone out, it'd probably be Brent Fires or Miguel. I'm gonna go with Brent Fires though. I'm about to say that was two, but okay, cool, Brent Fires. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I got you. <laughs> Black people don't follow directions well either. Not well at all, <laughs> not well, because I was still about to give you three. I know. Brandy, what about you, Brandy? <laughs> so I had already thought about it. So I had said for my R&B, it would definitely be, because I've been rocking with her right now, uh, Janae Aiko. And then okay. um, for rap, you know what I'm saying? At first, I thought Jeezy just because, like, yeah, like I just, I could see myself, I could ride out to, the, to a couple of his albums, but then I got, I still got to throw UGK in there. And then an honorable mention for R and B would be Silk. Silk, so, okay, okay. Everybody got their own rules. They throw honorable mentions. You know, what I'm saying? they always yeah. want to switch the game. You know what? That's why I love our culture because we always throw our own flavor, or throw our own little seasoning in the pot. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, if you add this, it'll make it taste like this. If you do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to tell you. That's what we did with Chillers. Yeah. Facts. I want to know, but Brandy though, what's your favorite UGK album? Oh. Uh, shit. Um, let me see. Because that's when I started saying group, that's exactly what I was thinking, but I ain't want to go. Let me say this. I got mine. Let me, let me go a little. Let me go a little. Ryan Dirty for sure. Ryan Dirty. I was just about Ryan to say. Dirty. I was about hey. to say. Let me know what. No, what's your this. favorite? What's your favorite? Murder. Huh? Let me do Murder. this. That's hold up. Hold up. What's your, yeah, hold up. Not even that, like, what's your favorite song of UGK? Say it again. What's your favorite song, UGK? It, it, you gotta break that down in categories, like. Nah, going too deep. So I just need to, nah, I just need a one song, one song. Murder, go I'm Bryce with me. Bryce yeah, with hey, me, dog. Listen, <laughs> I love the song Murder. <laughs> I love the words. I love the, I love the song Murder, but one of my favorite songs is Wood Will. I love Wood Will. Yeah. That joint goes so hard. Yeah. Hey, Sparkle, hold up. Huh, yeah, oh, Pocket for the Stones. Crazy. Oh, uh, but yeah, that, yeah. Uh, hold up, y'all, real quick. I'm going to come to you, Bryce, with your favorite rapper. What's the favorite song by Jay Z? My favorite song by Jay-Z, ah, probably Imaginary Players. Gotcha, I love that too. Sparkle, what's your favorite song by your favorite rapper? Tupac, The Goat. Hellraiser. Oh, nobody don't know about that though. Oh, you're a real punk fan. Oh okay. yeah, nobody, they don't know about that. They don't, know, they don't know nothing about that album either. Uh, Hellraiser, <laughs> Real punk fan. Ooh. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm so much of a punk fan, man. I, listen, I still listen to the Outlaws. 
That's still dead shit. All right. Well, so listen, so listen, man. Moving on to round one. I don't listen. Round to one, Kenny. Listen, hey, I don't. I listen to Nas. <laughs> listen to Brave Boss. I listen to Nas. You know what I'm saying? But the firm was tough. Don't don't play the firm. But moving on, man. Let's get to this round one, Kenny. Uh, what what we got going? What we got going for round one? As he as he get us the question for round one, I'm gonna go across the room. Uh, starting with you, Brandy. What you sipping on? I am sipping on 100% rye bourbon by Whistle Pig Piggyback. Whistle Pig Piggyback. Okay, cool. Brandy, we got to get in touch too because I'm going to need to know some things um, to uh, to drink on, man, some sips since you're the whiskey introvert. And I'm going to tell you one thing that I, if you don't do it already, make sure you do this kind of start you, uh, making your own whiskey. When it get to the last glass, Get your, get your, when it gets to the last glass, don't drink it. Just pour all of them in one and make your own. You talking about like, if I had like, so like, if I had like, like four, four or five different bottles, just oh like. Oh yeah, every bottle, all five bits, so, so choose one bottle. And then like when that last, that bottle get to the last, that last cup, don't drink it, sit it out. And then when you get your next whiskey bottle, when it gets to the last glass, pour that one on top of that and keep going, keep going, keep going until you fill the bottle up. And then. Have you done it? Doing it now, doing it now. <laughs> and then once you let it sit, you know what I mean? Let it sit a little bit, let it marinate together. See what it tastes like. I bet, I'm gonna do that. Bryce, what you sipping on over there? LaCroix. <laughs> you know what that is? Talk to me. It's a damn carbonated water, baby. Hey, I'm over here on that grapefruit. Y'all know I'm in the gym, man. Yeah. I can't be drinking that stuff like I used to, dog. I turned 30 and I started getting the dads. You know what that is? <laughs> you start doing what? I started getting the dads. What's that? Talk to me, man. That's the day after drinking shit. <laughs> Boy, I wake up the next day, I be like, fuck everybody and they mother. You hear me? I'm not messing with it. If I drink, it got to be social. Like, if I was chilling with the whiskey introvert, we gonna drink just cause your name whiskey introvert. You know what I mean? Okay, so if I'm chilling with Sparkle, we gonna drink. But y'all two fools, hell no. I'm good. I'm going home. <laughs> but if you had a choice of drink at the moment, what would be your drink? Choice of drink at the moment. I'd be hanging with all my rich friends that's in the streets. You already know how I'm going. 1942, Azul. I'm getting real freaky out here. Um, tequila okay. for real uh, in the club. I it's like crazy. champagne. To be honest, I guess an unpopular take as a grown ass man. I like mimosas with the pineapple and the mango juice. Oh, you? Oh, you? You a brunch bopper? I'm a fairy. Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> I'm, I'm out here bopper. moving soft as hell in the drink you're game. A you're a brunch bopper. You're a uh, uh, you're a brunch joint. You're a little not... brunch joint. Niggas know me from my hood days though. <laughs> when I was on Henny, you know what I'm saying? I used to get the fifths all the time, but. <laughs> That shit done ran its course on your boy. I got kids now. Hell I yeah, I can't do that. I can't drink Hennessy no more. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah so. that shit. I ended up with a baby last time I had some, so I'm done. Gotcha. <laughs> done. Kenny, I don't know what happened to Spock, but you know, Kenny, what about you? Oh man. Um, What about me? What do you drink at? God, oh. boy. Oh, my man, oh. Uh, BR Associates. Uh, he, he, well, as you can see, I'm just about finished with it, but um, this uh, mango uh, margarita. Mango margarita, extra mango. <laughs> <laughs> extra mango. This guy, man. Sparkle back. 
Where she at? I don't see her. Sorry. Oh, there she, there she go. There she go. What you sipping on uh, over there? A touch of sparkle? Sipping on champagne. Oh, champagne? Uh, I thought you were sipping on a touch of sparkle. Uh, is that what it's called? A touch of sparkle. Mm -hmm. So, um, just, just, just a a, a, a tidbit. My um, my homie Sparkle makes her own drinks as well. So, if y'all in the market for some liquor, um, she I'm trying, I'm trying to pull up with, 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 with you drinks. Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get some of these drinks you've been talking about. You keep talking about it on the show. But you, every time you pull up, I ain't around. I'll cook for you guys too. Oh no, nah, she can throw down, man. She get you drunk and then oh, cook for you. Kaka. Of course. And <laughs> oh, right. This will be all right, you guys say is food. FYI, this will be post-COVID. You know what I'm saying? She does not let anybody in her house do the food. Oh, I I, I definitely I, I do a grab and go. Yeah. Right. Um so hey, if that food right, Bryce be there at night. <laughs> <Seriously? laughs> right. So uh for me, um I did a throwback, man. Like I said, like Bryce said, man, I'm not really, haven't been a cognac drunk in a while now, but um, I'm drinking Hennessy Pearl White. Um, can't get it in the States. So I had it. I've, I've probably had this bottle for at least, at least four years. I think that, I know you owe me a bottle, but. Yeah. Damn bottle. One, you or Milton, one of y'all owe me a bottle, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, so like, you, 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 you can have this bottle. You can have it. Yeah, Cause I'm not gonna drink it all, but that's what like I'm drinking. Like it. You like the pure white? Yeah, I do. I love it better than any other, other Hennessy's. Yeah, it probably don't have as much like, I look at the process of how the spirit is actually made, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, <clears throat> cognacs is, is very to how they make wine. Like, you know what I'm saying? They started out with grapes. That's why that should be so syrupy. And that's yeah, why I don't, barrels. that's probably why I never really liked cognac because especially, specifically um, Hennessy, because to me, it tastes like, you know, you're familiar with liqueur. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like a simple syrup. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you, more than anything else that you take from it, it's, it's, it's like, uh, what they call that? Uh, what's that ingredient people are always talking about? That's a, that's a likening to sugar. That's in a lot of- Nah, not a guy. No, 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 no. Like it's it's like in usually um you like in processed stuff. It's uh high fructose corn syrup. Uh, how, yeah, fructose fructose corn corn syrup. Syrup. You can tell when somebody works yeah. out how fructose corn syrup. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like how fructose corn syrup, yeah, yeah. Right. That's how cognac usually But this is but you know it's for white, so it's more of a novelty and you know, it's more of a thing just to say you drink. Right, like, and that's why, you know what I'm saying? I think that was probably what turned me on once I actually started paying attention to it, like whiskey, because I don't have to cut it, you know what I'm saying? And when I was younger and I used to drink, see, I was into all the like kamikaze, cosmopolitan. I still like a good martini, you know what I'm saying, here and there, you know what I'm saying? But what I learned is, a lot of times when people get sick or they start feeling whatever when they've been drinking, it's because they got too much other stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like the volume, like you got all them sugars, you got all that other stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's what really messes with your system. And I can't think of the word, but 
that's why, like, when I think about whiskey, and I ain't trying to promote whiskey, like, you know what I'm saying? No, like, good, man. <laughs> we can tell, we can tell that. But, listen, your name is a whiskey introvert. But that's what turned me on to it because I was just like, I damn, like, I'm tired of having a hangover. Like, I'm tired of yeah. every time I drink, I wake up and I'm feeling like shit. So I started casually just sipping it. And I was like, damn, like, and it's crazy because when I really started to get into it, I first was drinking scotch. I was drinking Johnny Walker. You know, so I think it was like, it was either red or black label. And I was like, damn, like, I didn't drink a, a good little amount of this and I'm good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm good, good. And so that made me look into like how it was actually made. And a lot of times when you come, when it comes, not saying that cognacs, that would probably be next to a whiskey, but usually mm -hmm. whiskeys, you know what I'm saying? Like they age it, like to make a really yeah, good whiskey, it age. has to be distilled for a while. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Age. It don't take a lot to distill a vodka, you know what I'm saying? Even in some instances, like a rum, you know what I'm saying? Even gin. So the I look better at ones, they, But the better ones, they do uh, age it. Better vodka. You said they what? The better, the better, the better vodkas, the better tequilas and stuff like that. They still like vodkas. Like I think the vodka is the easiest thing to make. It's the quickest thing. Yeah, to make. it is. But tequila, a lot of people know they do age tequila though. They do. Like I was in Cozumel a few years back, and I went to a, a tequila farm, and you know what I'm saying. Like they show you how they actually do it. Like you know, like I said, the agave, agave uh, tequilas and stuff. So I don't talk about it usually. Um, but that was really what turned me on the whiskey because I like the actual this the distillation process. I liked how they okay. actually, like you said, they use like a corn base or yeah, corn you know base, what I'm saying, rye, barley, barley rye, rye. You know what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. So. so man, we could talk about that all day. We got let's get to these questions, Kenny. Man, I, let me find out that, that I got a whiskey connoisseur over here, man. <laughs> no, yeah, man, no. We, gotta, we definitely got to talk uh, offline one day, uh, one day, Brandon. Go ahead, Kenny. What's that first question? Round one, guys. Already? We are in the first round. Um, first question: What generational curses do you have or seen that believe should be broken? I'll say it again. What generational curses do you have or seen that believe should be broken? Um, I want to start with Sparkle. Um, can we start with you, Spock, on that? Yeah, I would say colorism. Um, we Talk to me about it. Huh? Talk to me about that. We need to let the light skin, brown skin, dark skin stuff go. Like, I had a conversation with a really good friend recently, and she's browner. And, you know, a lot of times she was saying that, you know, she's lived with this brown skin thing historically that her skin wasn't better but you know lighter skin people go through things too and um one of the things that I said to her was that the lighter you are the more stripped of your bloodline you are so people that are lighter deal with you know those things as well so I would say trying to break that generational curse everybody deals with colorism at some point normally when you're a little younger you know but um lighter people deal with it too and um that's that's what i would like to say we need to let that go we are all the same ice skin people have been stripped of more a lot you know my bloodline is so 
tainted and tarnished and all of that. So yeah, that's my problem. I've been called black as shit plenty of times in my childhood. I, I, <laughs> Real. Um, uh, I, I thought it. that was my middle name in third grade. What? <laughs> Brandy, what about you, Brandy? I mean, I'm gonna piggyback off of Sparkle. Like, I'm thanks, sis, because like I couldn't really think of one, but that definitely resonated because <clears throat> not to make it, you know what I'm saying? It's the Willie Lynch syndrome. Like, it's not to make it in contrast, but I went through some stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, growing up, I, 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 I went to school, like my elementary school, I went to, I don't even think it's called that no more, but it was called Richardson. It was like right in the middle of Clay Terrace Projects. And, uh, Northeast Washington, D.C. And I remember distinctly at recess, people coming around me talking about, like they would actually get around me and do this little chant called Shake It Like a White Girl. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they, cause I used to be lighter than what I am now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I never understood it. And you know what I'm saying? I have a blood brother, same mother, same same father, who's, who's Ken's complexion, you know what I'm saying? So that's how I know we the dominant, we have the, the dominant uh, gene because we can make everything, you know what I'm saying? So I grew up with certain complexes about like having to play down the fact that people telling me I think I'm a certain way because of my skin. I ain't never thought that though. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never thought that like, and I used to kind of be on some like down, like I might as well act like that then since people try to make me think that that's what I'm on. I was never on that though. So just saying all of that, um, I've seen it and I would even add to that outside of the colorism and um, you know, just uh, stereotyping, you know, women off of their complexion is hair texture. You know what I'm saying? like. You know, I used to always joke around. I would be like, yeah, I'm light-skinned, but I ain't, I don't have no good hair. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I didn't get the whole package. Like, I ain't got light eyes and good hair, quote, unquote. But it's a it's a psychology, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's psychological. And, you know, growing up, I could see it in some of my family. Like, you know what I'm saying? Them kind of perpetuating, getting relaxes or having to straighten out your hair, you know what I'm saying? And that's something I'm even teaching my children. Like I have three sons and I have a daughter and you know what I'm saying? My daughter, she has locks. And I tell her every day that her hair is beautiful because it is like, you know what I'm saying? Your hair is beautiful how it grows out your scalp. So that's one of the things that I, I intentionally make sure that I, I breathe and I speak life into because that was something that I know I grew up feeling like dang, like my hair supposed to be a certain texture just because of, you know what I'm saying? Like how people, um, you know, like how they pro projected that onto me, so. Got you, I understand because I know a lot of um, dark skin women always say they get tired of hearing people say, you know, you're beautiful for a black girl or for a dark skin girl. Yeah, that's good. I understand what you're saying about that. Bryce, what about you, man? What'd you say, Sparkle? You, you, uh, you muted, Sparkle, hold up. What were you about to say? <laughs> I was told by this guy a long time ago that you have fun with the light skinned woman, but you marry a dark skinned woman. Wow. And I'm like, fuck what? you. Did he say why? Because it's just, you know, the thing. And I just to go back to what Brandy said, you know, having to downplay 
who you were. So not only was I a light-skinned girl with like brown eyes, my name was Sparkle. So I always got, you know, a bad rap that I thought that I was better than people. So I had to be, you know, silly and bring myself out in a way that I was like, no, like I'm like every fucking body else. And Ooh. it just got old, you know, and it got tiresome. And I always said, you know, I have a daughter and she's brown. She's a brown girl. Um, but I didn't want her to be lighter, you know, in complexion because I didn't want her to have to go through, you know, some of the things that I went through as an adolescent. And you think about it, that you go through these things as an adolescent, but no, it's like grown ass people that still have these mentalities and we just need to break that. Like, mm -hmm. fuck that. We're all the same. Cool. Bryce, what about you, Bryce? Um, I would like to say mine is less of a curse and more of just like a stereotype. But y'all know I work with the I work with a lot of youth athletes and stuff. Um, and just kind of putting that time back into the community and to our kids and stuff. Um, and now being a father of a young of you know a young queen, <laughs> um, I just would like to see a change with the way that we look at the father and the household, period. I don't really care whose household or what the color of it is, but I think that's a stereotype that we as African-Americans deal with. Um, like, yeah, oh, I remember when I was in school, you know, my father wasn't the most, um, I guess, active parent when we were growing up. My mom did most of everything. She did the disciplining, she did the homework, she did the cooking. She did, you know, drop-offs and pickups from practice. She did all of it. So, you know, just growing up and people being like, yeah, you don't got your dad either, right? Like, no, nah, my dad actually at home. He just ain't shit. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Just to have that, though. But, like, you know, um, I think that was something that I've been into. So when I really came home from college, I started coaching high school football. Um, and that was something that I noticed. A lot of the young men leaned on me more than just like a big brother. I was more than just the 24-year-old coach. I was like they father at times, like certain conversations and things that they needed. I felt like um, they leaned on me for that. And I feel like to just break that um, thought process and make sure that we are giving back. You know, I think everybody in here said something about a child. So just making sure that we give back to our children that understanding, like, you deserve a happy home. You don't have to be with somebody um, that you're not happy with. Um, and you deserve to be, you know, you, your husband, wife, whatever it is that you choose, but you and your family should be well taken care of. You should be passing down your home to them, not kicking them out when they turn 18. So just changing those thought processes, I think that kind of circle around our ethnicity, our, uh, I guess color, I feel like those are the things that I would like to see change. Just understanding wealth, understanding how to uh, go to the bank and get you a house. And for the next 30 years, you could pass it down through your family. And then when you own it, then you can make some money. And then, you know what I mean? Like just helping people to be more educated on processes that can actually keep us all from, I guess, recycling uh, bad credit and, and go fund me every time somebody gets shot. I got, I got you. Kenny, you want me to go or you want to go? You don't matter, bro. Um, I can go. Um, I'll let you end the segment. Um, 
I got everybody said that's a couple of things um, that I would like to see. Uh, uh, one thing that Bryce said, broken homes, and that's both uh, single mothers and single fathers. Um, you know, uh, I know I'm a product of, you know, uh, a broken home. Um, my mom was a product of a broken home. Well, not necessarily a broken home, but, you know, not having her, her real dad in the household, you know, stepdad and everything like that. So, you know, from her standpoint, she felt like, you know, because me and her and my father didn't really, you know, make it that, you know, I can have a stepfather, you know, that's the thing. Alcoholism, um, I think is a big one um, that I would like to see broken. Um, abuse, abuse all the way around the uh, board. When it comes to, you know, whoopings, you know, we come from, you know, black kids, they all, even if, even when you hear, you know, um, um, <clears throat> uh, comedians talk about, it. they always say, yeah, man, you know, we need to whoop our kids, you know what I mean? And, and they know, I don't think every time a whooping is not the, the final answer all the time. Um, what else, financial, uh, fina uh, financial stability, things like that, that they need, we need to talk about. Uh, uh, one thing, I don't know if it's necessarily generational curse, but going to college, um, it's cool. I think college just makes you sociable. But you know, I, it's a lot of successful people that, out here that don't have a college degree. Um, you know what I mean? So I'm not, you know, it's just, you know, the, the, the end all be all is go to college, go to college, you know? You, you, and then it's crazy because when you come out of college, the first thing you do is you start out with a bill. Um, also, like like Bryce said, uh, putting, the, putting the child out of the house before they're ready, 18 years old, you know? I mean, we just, we haven't figured it out yet. You know what I mean? I think that's another thing we need to get away from. Um, just putting the child out of the house at a certain age and, and um, just letting them stay until they can get their stuff together. Um, I, I definitely want to break the generation curse. I don't, I know, uh, I don't know everybody like that, but you know, the, the, the line, you want to hide something from a nigga, put it in a book, you know, just reading more and just educating more. Um, that, that, that as well. Uh, don't make me pull my books out now. Nah, I mean, Don't I'm just saying pull some my books out. You know, uh, I definitely want to also break the generational curse of, you know, um, men that, um, I mean, I'm, and I'm also talking about my community as well, but like, you know, and then with men, though, period, just like not being able to be vulnerable, not being able to be in touch with your feelings. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I don't necessarily think it's soft to uh, be in touch with your, you know, your feelings. You know what I mean? Um, my dad, like, the one thing that I, I'm appreciative of when I met my dad, I always talk about him on the show, but he hugged me. You know, we're not, you know, you're not used to that. You know what I mean? As men, we're not used to really getting hugs. We dap up. We talk about we always okay. We never distress how we really feel. You know what I'm saying? We don't have outlets like that. So just some certain, those things that I, I would like to see change, some of those uh, things. And some of those are experiences as well, but I would like to see some of those curses broken. Um, you know, the, you know, like, I know that, um, a lot of, a lot of women that I've talked to say that men should break the curse of cheating. That ain't a curse. But don't I don't think it's a curse, but, you know. Don't start. I, curse. Women are the best. The yeah. I, I mean, but I'm just saying of what was said by some, like, when are you going to break the style? Like, you know, my, my, my granddad was a cheater, my. My, 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 uh, I've heard this conversation. Like I said, I don't know if it's necessarily a generational curse, but I've always heard, and I and I know Bryce and Kenny, you've heard this as well. Well, they like, your, like your dad was a cheater, your uncles was a cheater, 
My mother and my father was a cheater. But I'm just saying what we hear. Made you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying what we hear. And I know Bryce and Kenny can attest to this. You hear your dad, great, 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 great granddad was a cheater. You see it on movies. You know, I watched a movie where the guy, it's another baby that comes home. Papa was a rolling stone. Yeah, Papa was a rolling stone. You know what I mean? You know the, you know the saying? Uh, mama's baby, Papa's maybe, you know, like those stuff, like, you know what I mean? When it comes to those means, things. Then that means the woman's a cheater. Yeah, that's true, but I'm just saying, but you know, we can, but we can, but the man, but the man, but the man can deny it. The man that can deny it all the time. Um, even when you watch these shows, it's always the man is a cheater. See, like, I think where you gotta, if if we gonna if we gonna if we gonna touch on like undoing or unlearning or changing something, I would I would say I would suggest maybe not maybe not go from this maybe not go from standpoint of infidelity or cheating but maybe go from changing the traditional societal expectations of relationships because a lot of times I feel like the reason why people cheating is because they're regurgitating standards of relationships that's just been passed on that evolutionary they don't work it's a generational curse but that's what I'm saying so it should the focus if I'm a swinger am I a cheater first of all that's that's an agreement that's an agreement put the champagne down Sparkle put the champagne down but like I said I'm just saying what but it's always when you look at when you look at how it looks, it's always the man that's considered more of the cheater than the woman. So that's all I'm just saying. Like they like, and I've heard it. Well, why don't you break that curse? Why don't you break that habit? You know what I mean? So I'm just saying what what I've heard and what I've seen. So you know what I mean? Women, uh, I, I, I knew I was going. But to you a cheater money. based on the standard of the relationship standard that's that you I'm created. So that's what I'm saying. Like you in control of that. So why go into a certain type of relationship? Under them contexts that you're not supposed to be with nobody else that's but the woman that you're with. If, if you want to be with multiple women, go into a relationship that allows multiple women. So and before we get on track, I do want Kenny to go. No, no, no. This, deal is with good. this is good. But I want to know. But I want to know this, Brandy. I hate Sparkle because I mean I talk about you all the time. But I do want to hear this, Brandy. Are you going into a relationship with a guy that says? Yeah, something going on with your audio. You yeah, said, what's that one part time. of that? So are you going into a relationship with a guy that says that he would he wants to be with multiple women, but you're number one? Well, first of all, a, a man who's actually doing something like that, he's not going to come to me telling me like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he would probably already be in a situation that he has a woman or women. Let's say that he don't have in a situation. Let's just say, hey, I like you more than I like these other joints that I'm dealing with, but I'm still going to deal with them as well. Are you okay with that, Brandy? No, that's not how, that's... I'm asking you a question. Let's not deviate from my question. No, because the way you present it, like... Don't put her on the list. You guys just said... That's not how you were presented, though. Hold up. You just said <laughs> that if a man, a man's going to it saying that this, this, that, and the third. So I'm presenting the question to you. What the question you stated? Will you no. deal with a man? Will you deal with a man that says, "Hey, 
I like to deal with a lot of women, but I like you more than the other women that I deal with. Nah, because a, a dude who really about that, he wouldn't tell me no bull. He wouldn't tell me nothing like that. Like he well, would already. Hold on, hold on. What if she was with it, but she ain't want all of us to know? But nah, I mean, it, I don't even have a problem with that aspect of it. I'm just trying to get him to see he's the context of how he's trying to present the question to me. I'm presenting the way. I'm just getting it. It isn't realistic. It isn't realistic to I feel like, hold up, hold up. It's not realistic to somebody who I feel like who actually operates in that type of lifestyle. (laughs) It's not realistic in how they would even present something like that. So they're not going to come at you like, oh yeah, I got all these, I got all these women. But I like you the most. Like that's some cornball shit. Like he wouldn't even tell you nothing like that off the gate. All I'm saying is, that's the statement. Hey, Brian, (laughs) you can call it cornball all you want, but that's the statement you said to me. No, what I said. No, no, no. What I said is, what I said going to just say. No, no. What I said is, if you have, if 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 it's if it's a challenge. For you to stay faithful you to one woman, if, you if you're not if you're not a monogamous person, because let's be real, like there's nothing wrong with monogamy. You know what I'm saying? Like I was monogamous my entire marriage. I don't have any um, reservations about admitting that. I, I know can't nobody prove no receipts that I wasn't because I monogamous. Right. According well, your based well, yeah, based on the traditional standards, traditional I was supposed standards. to be monogamous. But what I'm saying is, if somebody finds themselves in a situation that they're in what is perceived to be a monogamous marriage or a relationship, and they're finding themselves stepping outside of that, then they need to start asking themselves questions like, well, maybe monogamy isn't actually for me. Maybe I need to explore open relationships. Maybe I need to explore polygamy. That's what I'm saying. And all I ask you is, would you deal with a guy? All I ask was, would you deal with a guy that's into... If you want to say, if you want to say open relationship or polygamy, would you deal with a guy like that? That's all I ask. I, I would, I would say that I would be open to actually entertaining him based off of him being able to talk to me in such a way that he's being transparent about that's how he actually operates. That's all I ask. That's and I'm I not ask. saying that that just automatically means that's the only type of guy that I would be willing to deal with, or that's what I feel like my standard would be. I'm just saying that. Him walking and operating in that truth, that means something because at least he's being honest about he's being honest about his life, his lifestyle. I'm not sitting around trying to guess like if he could actually be monogamous or not. No, that's all I ask because that's like that's like I said, I've been told that from women that you know, just because you know the granddaddy, the great granddaddy, and so on and so forth, your uncles and all that cheap, that don't mean you continue to keep that curse going. And then you know, y'all, Sparkle and Brandy kind of went, oh, no, nah, that ain't this, and that's cool. I'm that. just saying. So, uh, listen, all I'm saying is. And maybe I was a swinger, and I don't think that it's a monogamous world. That's what okay, I said. Okay. You try to put Brandy on the spot. Yeah. She no, I did not try to put Brandy on the spot. Brandy made a Why statement. Why did you ask me? Because I, okay, listen. Then they let me ask you, Sparkle. And then they were you know, with a guy that came to you and said, Hey, listen, I'm not into just one woman, I, but I like you the most. It's about to be good. That wouldn't happen. Why wouldn't it happen? That wouldn't happen because, like Brandy said, we don't talk like that. that. He would not be <laughs> Uncle James. You are not that stupid. 
Okay. Why, so see, that's what I'm saying. Why is it stupid? Why is it stupid for me to make that statement? Dave, 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 you said I've never dealt with multiple women? Have you? Bryce, this, go ahead. You, so you putting me on the spot? Go ahead, Bryce. Just like you said. trying to put my homegirl right, Granny Granny said, Bryce, Have go ahead. Have you ever dealt with multiple women? Answer. Yeah. Granny, I got you. James, let me right, know. Right, right. Answer. Have Answer I dealt with question. multiple women? Yes, I've dealt with multiple women before. Exactly. And you didn't tell anybody who you liked more. You just dealt with it. You rolled with no, it. No, that's not you true. That is not true. <laughs> They were gone the true. next day, then. Listen, exactly. they were not true. I said, listen, I'm not looking for a relationship. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. That's what I said. <laughs> you, that is good. <laughs> but that was prior to, but like when I was back there. That was when I wasn't in a, I was not in a relationship. When I got in a relationship, I was monogamous. At the end of the day, this is not a monogamous when I was not. When I was not monogamous, because I was not in a relationship, I said, listen, shorty, I'm here for a good Bryce, what did you want to say real quick? Do you have hold up, Bryce? Hold up, Bryce. Hold up, Bryce. Let me get Kenny's general. Nah, nah, nah. Go ahead, Bryce. Get it in. Let me. Oh, so you don't want to talk about your generation of curse, Bryce? Are you a swinger, Bryce? Do you swing? I feel like. I feel like I right, I'll answer the question in this manner because I don't want to classify myself as a swinger. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm currently. I'm the only one that said I was a swinger. Am I? Am I alone? What, what she said? <laughs> you you said you a swinger? You a swinger? And I'm joking. I'm really not. I'm, I'm about to call joking. Sparkle. Give me her number. No, get off of this. Nah, but look. So my my personal. My personal opinion on it is um, similar to what Sparkle just said. I do not believe that everybody and everything are meant to be monogamous. Like we are not penguins, right? So like it's certain types oh, of, uh, it's certain mammals that practice monogamy. Like this, me and my little uh, red robin, we done laid an egg right here. And for the rest of my life, I'm gonna fly behind her I don't care where we go. We're going to go to state to state together. We're going to do all of that. I do not believe at our lesser, I guess, more animal instinct that we are made for one person because I feel um, not to be, I guess, because we uh, y'all drinking, I'm not, but like both of the young ladies are, that are on tonight, both y'all look good. So I call both of y'all. Both of y'all will give me the same physical feeling. And I think that's where it's different. When someone thinks from, an emotional standpoint versus a physical standpoint, it changes the the intricacy of the relationship. Like when somebody is geared more towards the physical toll of a relationship and some people are geared towards that emotional or that comforting, a lot of people are looking for, like they got mom and dad issues. So they want to be monogamous based off of like what uh, Brandy said. They want to be monogamous based off of what society tells you you have to be. But if me and Brandy were dating for the last 10 years and we're having the best time of our life, but I have not asked her to marry me, but she's still having the best time of her life, that's all that really matters. We are married in our way. That's the way that it could be. It don't have to be like that. Me personally, I haven't talked to you know, I'm a former college athlete was, uh, you know, trying out for the NFL and stuff too. So my experiences may be different, but like, 
I'm trying to, you know, I want my girlfriend to have a girlfriend. And then oh, they should be able to free. call another girl for me too if they going out of town. Like I'm I'm like that, but I would never tell no woman I like you more than anybody. Exactly. The only thing that I'm gonna tell all of their asses is I love you. I ain't talking about nobody else when I'm getting my rocks off. We talk about our situation and it ain't gonna be no other situations being spoken uh, on. I don't care who she fucking, as long as it's an understanding. See, that's what communication, see, I feel like communication nowadays is where you going, who you with, when you coming back, what time can I expect you? That's what is messed up now because people feel like that's communication. But real communication is, baby, today, I was thinking, I actually would like to introduce somebody else to the bedroom with us. Is that a possibility? And being able to be straightforward with somebody, not saying, oh, I like this girl. It's never going to work in that manner. But if somebody really fucks with you and the vibes that y'all giving, then you can have just straight up, like Brandy said, transparent conversation. That's transparent. If I tell you, listen, shorty, I'm still- No, but that is idiotic though, bro. Listen, when you are talking to women, when you are talking to women, I am not going to tell no woman at any point Mind you, in my personal opinion, and I know the two ladies, they may disagree, but in my personal opinion, a woman is very insecure in herself as a woman a lot of the way through. So at a certain age, at a certain age, listen, hey man, y'all about to take this whole conversation. At a certain age or at a certain, at a certain level of experience, I feel like we all lose our insecurity and in whatever it could be. Or some people it heightens. Don't say women. We all lose. Inse- we all have insecurities. Well, no, well, I'm is, saying, I'm saying like this in a manner of like, I don't give a fuck if you thought Kenny was cuter than me. Like that type of conversation with me wouldn't deter me or make me feel no type of way. But on the other hand, what James was trying to say was what, what I feel like is idiotic because I'm not bringing that up to another woman. But what I'm trying to say is the reaction that both of you had to a nigga that would come at you and say, I think somebody else is cuter. Both of you reacted the same exact way. He's a fucking goofy. He's lame for that. Nah, like I was saying I that said, to, hold I, up, hold up. I, never he, said I was saying that to him saying that he would come to a woman or come to me saying, you know, I have multiple women or I have other situations, but I like you more. I was saying that was some goofy shit. Like to your, fa- to your point, yeah, like everybody have insecurities, but I can't speak for all women. I don't like to generalize. Yeah. I, but in my experiences, it's not always so much uh, in the insecurity part. It's just like nobody wants to feel inadequate. So as a woman, and you know what I'm saying? Like it, it depends on that woman, of course, but we have, we're territorial. So you know what I'm saying? If we're dealing with a man, like, Ultimately, at the end of the day, I know for me, I just want to know how am I special to you? Period. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because, right, like, I can't, I can't, I'm not about competing. I'm not about trying to figure out what she got or what she looked like or what her, her, her dimensions are or all of that. Like, if she, whatever. It's like, what do you find in me that makes me unique to you as to why you want to even with me because if you can actually articulate that you know i'm saying like that's what makes a woman loyal to understanding 
that okay this is my role in your life like you know what i'm saying and that's what a lot of what that's what goes over a lot of guys heads i think in a lot of instances because sometimes i think it's 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 generalized like you know what i'm saying i think sparkle kind of spoke on that somebody said that like what's the difference between you you knocking me down and knocking her down on the physical aspect you know what i'm saying on some we some men and some women just like the variety. So like, if you know how to yeah, articulate that, if you know how to recognize that and articulate that, a lot of times I feel like that's what women are looking for. And you just knowing how to say that, like, you know, what you bring this, or this is what I take from our interactions. Go ahead. Cause you, you, you look yeah. bothered, Jay. I'm not, I'm not bothered. I'm not, I'm not bothered at all. But I definitely want Kenny to say, talk about the generation Chris, but this is the last thing I'm going to say, and we definitely keep talking about it. But, um, you know, um, but what I was saying was, and that was just the simplest form, but what I was saying was, can you deal with a man pretty much that deal with multiple women outside of you? You know what I mean? But my thing was, we were talking, hold up, hold up. We were talking about generational curse. So when a guy says to you, hey, listen, you know, it's that he comes to you, how you doing? He, whatever his approach is to you, then he explains to you, hey, like I have, I have other women that I'm talking to, but something about you, I find you attractive, and I, I would like to get to know you on some type of level. Are you okay with that? Like, of course, I was just talking from a standpoint because you know it's always a, you know, break the curse. And now I was like, you know, and I was just asking you, Brandy, because I was just saying because you had made a statement. So my statement was to you was just, can you deal with a man that want multiple women in his life and you as well? That's all. That 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 was the real question. I was yes. just okay. I okay, that's yes. it. That's it. Yes. That's it. And but but the caveat to that, because there's always caveats. That's the I don't I'm because, not looking for the caveat. Well, the only reason why it's a caveat is because usually what I find is, and I hate to generalize, but most of the time men don't tell you that up front, or they 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 don't walk in their own truth. Like they're not confident and they're not actually living that real lifestyle. Like it's one thing to say that just because you, um, you know what I'm saying? You just on some like, all right, like I'm gonna see how much I can get away with. Like, I really know this my, my, my wife or my main woman or my girlfriend, whatever your titles are. And then I'm gonna still try to see what I can get off from. That's something totally different. There's, there's a difference between okay. what I just said and then somebody who's actually operating in that lifestyle who can be transparent with you up front and let you know, look, I'm already in something. It's an open relationship. They know how, you know what I'm saying? We have an agreement. Like that's different. And so cool. that's all I'm saying. Like, yes, in that instance, I could be open, you yeah. know what I'm saying? To at least exploring, getting to know you or just seeing if that's that cool. would be something I would want to explore further. But what I find oftentimes is men, they may not tell you that up front, or you saying, can a woman handle that? Can a woman handle a man having- nah, I ain't even saying that. I ain't saying about the handle part. I don't, and I'm sorry, Brandon, I didn't mean to cut you off. And nah, I do apologize. Good. I didn't, I apologize for that. But I don't want to go veer off too far off topic, um, but that's something that we definitely want, I want to talk to you about offline. So we'll definitely talk about that offline and go further into it. But I do want to kind of bring it back real quick about the generational curse. So, Kenny, before we move on to the next question, let's talk about it. Just, let's get into the, your generational curse that you would like to see broken or have seen and that you'd like to see change, I guess. Brandy, I do want to come back to that, though. 
So don't I, forgive me. Forgive me, for, forgive me for that. Yeah, it, it's none different than y'all's. Um, I mean, what you said, uh, you and Bryce said, um, the male figure in the household or male influence on, on the children. Mm -hmm. um, I think me growing up with my mom and father, um, who've been together all my life, um, and having that male influence in my, and in, in, you know, having that role model. And then, um, you know, I always think like, well, my father, I was more, um, I was more afraid of, of my father and what he'll do to me than me fucking around with them street niggas, you know, outside. And I told you he was going to say it. I told you he was going to say it. What? You know what you said. You said the end word. You said the yeah, I knew you were going to say it. I knew you said the end word. He says it every show. That's okay. You said it a couple times, but anyway, back to my point. I, you know, I was more afraid of my father and what he'll do to me. Um, had he found out I did something out of pocket, and I, I, I always, I, I wish that I understand that. Um, you know, marriages and relationships. You know, people find out that they aren't, you know, you know, meant to be, or they, you know, can't be together for. But they can actually uh, remain some type of uh, uh, companion for the sake of the child. And I, I always think like, even for like what Bryce does with the uh, kids um, with, with in, in the sports, I always think like that male figure is always important for, for, for the youth. Cause I mean, sometimes kids, you know, they don't know how to handle their emotions, especially the young um, men um, tend to bear off into the streets if they don't have that male figure. And, you know, they, you know, this when, when you hear gangs and, and kids just, you know, doing things, men is, you know, demonic things out in the street. So, you know, that that's one thing that, um, you know, something that my father didn't have um, growing up. He didn't have his father, actually his biological father in his life, but he had other male figures um, that was in his life. Um, and, you know, for me, I got the, I got the double-edged sword of it because he didn't have his biological father in his life. He basically, I kind of felt he overdid it <laughs> in a sense to the point where he was, you know, me and him, he overdid it to the point sometimes we bump heads, but, um, you know, as I got older, I understood. Okay, cool, cool. So use more for you is, the, uh, you know, just having a male figure in the house, breaking the curse of a broken home. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Let's move on to this uh, round two, man. Um, good conversation. Um, I, even though we veered off, I did still like the conversation. And Brandy, I definitely want to get back to it, Sparkle and Bryce as well, because that seemed like that was very interesting. Um, I don't know what Sparkle doing down there. She looked like she got three or four conversations. She listened to some good music. But no, not jealous at all. Wow, I mean, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Wow. I'm not saying that feel right okay. now. Wow. I'm just trying to do okay. with my insecure self right now. Me and my wow. insecurity. Mm -hmm. What, what it is, Sparkle. It's like they can't, they can't handle what we, they exactly. can't handle what we say, say stuff straight up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, but can I, let's can get, I just, hold up, man. Let's get to this next question, man. Let's, before you do that, though, I just would like to clean the air. I definitely, before saying anything about any type of insecurity, I was just saying from my stance, which was, in my opinion, not saying all, but just yeah. the ones that I know. I don't yeah. know neither one of y'all, and I know you for know sure y'all are beautiful people, you know so please don't take that like that. <laughs> hey, man, you know, come we, on, man. We spent two hours talking about 
hours together. You know us now. So now what? But man, let's get to this next question. Somebody give me Sparkle phone number. I'm about to text. I'm insecure. I'm problematic. And I'm I'm toxic. So I like that shit. So we can keep it moving. What's the next question? What's the next question, Kenny? Second round. Second round. round. I told you no two was going to bump heads, too. I told you that, Jackson. Called on here at the last guy. Man, it's round two. Round two. Round two. Round two. Stop letting Sparkle talk. No, like I don't have shit to do. I have a life. Even <laughs> on the quarantine. Shit. Do, do second round. Do <laughs> you obviously ain't got nothing to do because if I called you the last minute, you was available. <laughs> I was washing my hair Friday night. Self-care night. Friday night is self-care night. Fuck it. All right, second round, man. <laughs> do, all right, do you think religion or culture or some other aspect of your identity or background influences how you think about mental health? If so, how? Y'all want me to read that again? Um, I've had a bottle of champagne. Can you I'll read it a couple times. Down? I'll read a couple times. <laughs> do you think your religion or culture or some other aspect of your identity or background influences how you think about mental health? If so, how? Choose, get away, look at I think your environment um, has ahead. a lot to do with how I you look at mental health. Bryce is gonna jump right in though. <laughs> Go ahead, Bryce. Yeah, I was about to say, I just, I just feel like it's an environment, like, you know, um, it's like product of my environment type stuff. I think a lot of mental health issues are looked at by people who, um, you know, we live in communities where we see like crackheads and stuff, right? So um, at least in my, I guess, thing, like when I was growing up, my mother used to always, you know, I guess be on us about calling somebody retarded or saying somebody was stupid because she would let us know like those are actual mental disabilities. So then growing up with somebody um, who dealt with depression, anxiety, um, bipolarism, like I had all of those type of, I guess, people around me growing up. So I do feel like the way that we take it in is also your environment. If you don't know no better, you'll laugh at a person with Tourette's syndrome. And I feel like, you know, that's higher up on the spectrum, right? Um, but at the same time, it's still a mental mental health thing. Um, I believe in our environment also just by me personally, I grew up around uh, highly populated African-American area in Prince George's County. So when you see, um, I guess, black families from what I know, it's like they're very dismissive to, uh, ain't nothing wrong with him. He just need his ass whooped. Like, <laughs> that's that's how I grew up. It was um, right. ADHD. Hell, that motherfucker don't need no Ritalin. Let me hit him with the other side of the belt tonight. It'll it'll yeah. switch something. So I also just think it's your environment. But if you come from, um, I guess a, a place where people take heed to that, like people know, um, you could pass those things down. Um, anxiety, depression, um, bipolar, just to say a few. But those are all things that can be passed down. So I think it's really just about how educated people are on the actual mental health thing. Um, within that, I guess, circumference. All right, all right. Um, Brandy? Um, 
sorry, repeat the, what was the question again? All right, it's, um, do you think, do you think religion or culture or some other aspect of your identity or background influences how you think about mental health? If so, how? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think definitely societal, um, you know, I don't even want to say societal pressure, but just traditionally, you know what I'm saying? People say it all the time, like black people, they perpetuate the narrative that we don't go to therapists. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we don't seek out actual mental health um, resources that we just go to church, we pray. You know what I'm saying? Like we, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, we pray it away. So I didn't know this though until I knew it. So growing up, you know, and experiencing certain things, um, you know what I'm saying? Especially in my early, early adulthood, um, you, and I think <clears throat> not to go off on a tangent, but I know that definitely plays into specifically with black women into the narrative of us like being strong black women. You know, a lot of that narrative comes from the ideology that, you know, we're supposed to bear all that, you know, we're Teflon, like, you know what I'm saying? Like we just, we just keep taking it. And I know that it has gained more um, acceptance and it's, it's, it's more prevalent now that black women do seek out mental health resources, that we do see therapists, um, that we do seek out behavioral counseling, because it's actually something that I've learned over the years, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's actually a lot of different areas within that, you know, you know, they usually say psychiatry, you know, that's the, they medicate you. Mm -hmm. It's not actually about trying to rehabilitate or actually get to the bottom of maybe the trauma or what has contributed to that so saying all of that um that definitely I know played a role in some of the things that I've experienced and just realizing like damn like I be ruminating about the same things like you know what I'm saying I probably need to actually find healing or look into why I keep doing this or why I keep thinking about this um but if you don't have those examples or you don't have like a, a blueprint that lets you know like this is what you can do or this is what um you know most people do um to help change that that's like kind of perpetuating like to just think that you're just going to like get over it or that it's just going to go away okay yeah um sparkle Sorry. So mental health. Um, I'm proud of today's society that we have become more educated in terms of, you know, um, getting in tune with some resources and acknowledging that people that are quote unquote crazy, they're not crazy. They have some behavioral and social and traumatic issues. So I'm really proud of where we are as a society, as minorities in starting to tap into, you know, looking into some resources, some therapeutic, you know, some things. And um, I'm excited about it. I think that we all have very traumatic experiences that we need to talk to someone about. 
And years ago, we suppressed these things. So I'm excited. I need a counselor if you guys. But you say you broke, you uh, you went off, Spot. Your speaker, I don't know what happened. Yeah, your audio went out. The audio went out. Yeah, just to disconnect from the computer audio and then connect back if you can. I'll connect back. You're on mute now. Can you see what's going on with you? Y'all didn't hear that? Yeah, I can hear the Now you hear you now. So I, I think what you were saying. No. No, no, we heard we heard just the last okay. part of it. I think you were saying that if you know a good counselor. I was reading it and I'm not gonna be able to read it again. No, not <laughs> No, but I know you were talking about uh, if you knew a good counselor, uh, point you in that direction, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's what that that was the part we didn't hear, and I assume that's what you said. Yeah. For time for time's sake, I'll be short, James. Um, you know. We'll, oh, I'm sorry. Y'all done with me? Oh, <laughs> no. Unless you need it now, y'all done. Okay. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. I guess you ain't finished. Go ahead, Sparkle. I'm muted. It's cool. Y'all got what y'all needed. It's, it's okay. I'm cool with that. Yo. <laughs> I'm a lady. Hey, quiet. Hey. So with, with me, um, damn, Spark, you threw me off. Uh, with me, uh, I'm 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 probably probably the most ignorant person when it comes to mental health, probably on this segment. And I, I want to get better. I want to acknowledge it. But um, you know, when I me growing up, I had cousins and uh, family members that went to go see psychiatrists and things like that. And then I, I just literally thought, you know, I didn't think that it was dealing with traumatic experiences and they just need to talk through to get through. I just thought something was wrong with them. And that's just me being honest as a kid. But um, like, you know, I, 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 you know, I probably may need to go talk to people because I, I cop I, one thing I do is I cop um, I have a hard time. Yeah, I always have a hard time saying that. Yeah, I, I do that a lot um, when it comes to uh, confrontation. If I'm getting, you know, not to put my business out there, but if I was to go back and forth with my wife or whatever, I'll just shut down and just let that shit, I just, whatever. Like, it ain't even worth going back and forth. Um, dealing with death, I just, I keep it moving. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel just the pain just as much as everybody else do, but I, I'm the one that... Um, I feel like it's a luxury for me to sit there and 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 uh you know go through those experience you know experience those feelings and things like that. But um and I, I just think it's just the way of the way I was brought up. I was brought up by a tough and you know my father James Kenny B, tough motherfucker. Um and it's it's you know it's it's just the way he was brought up. I only know how to talk one way. Um <laughs> like I talk hard all the time not like hard in the sense of being a, you know, somebody from the streets or something. Like I just, I I can talk where it'll offend somebody, but I'm not trying to offend them. You get what I'm saying? So, um, you know, but yeah, it's just the way I was raised. I think, I think that that's a big influence on me. Um, I guess, uh, I think everybody hit the nail, um, the nail on the head. Um, pretty much everything, what everybody said, especially um, Brandy talking about, um, you know, uh, the religion portion of it, um, you know, we we tend to, from a, I guess, minority, we've been tending to pray about it. Um, Bryce, what he said, don't, um, you know, or Kenny, what, he, what you said, 
all about like, you know, you just, you're just crazy. You know, it's not, uh, you're going through any mental health issues, just crazy. Even what Sparkle said about, you know, and I'm, like I said, I like what Sparkle said about being um, um, happy that, you know, uh, as we get older and we gain knowledge about it, we're doing more, we're doing more to seek help, to uh, help us with our mental issues. I think we all uh, may suffer from some type of mental issue. Um, but I do think that um, what you guys are saying about it is, um, you know, what I would think as well. Um, when you think about, um, like, I think we all kind of, like, some people, like, may suffer from hood PTSD, saying certain things and that being the normal. Um, and I'm not just talking about mental health in the sense of, you know, um, you know, like when um, Christ said there may be Tourette's or, you know, that type of mental health, but just things such as, you know, you see somebody get shot or, you know, you see selling drugs or, you know, you don't think you're going to make it past 25 because that's just the norm. Or, you know, when you're dealing with somebody who's been, um, you know, abused, uh, like you said, uh, daddy issues, mother issues, uh, things of that nature, not just necessarily mental health in the sense of what we just say was for lack of a better term, retardation, even though that's not the word. I know Sparkle's going to get on me for saying that. Um, but uh, a disability. Yeah. That word hurts. Yeah. yeah, that word hurts. Handicap. Yeah. Those it's, those situations. No more handicap. Right. No more handicap. I'm just saying, for lack of a better term, those yeah. words. I'm the most ignorant that's person in council. Yeah. That's yeah, that's what I'm just saying. That's but yeah. Um. Before. Right, but like just those words are uh, or uh, a person person with disabilities and things like that, just thinking from that standpoint and not thinking yeah. about like like things of, of, of um, like, you know, rape or, you know, uh, household issues, um, having to grow up faster, uh, seeing something that kind of changed your direction or changed your trajectory on life. If you've seen somebody getting shot, killed, uh, all those things and um, like seeking help, um, just seeking help in those professions because, you know, we, like I said, you know, being being in a space where you suppress those things and just keep pushing, or you know, not like for example, not dealing with Duff. Like I didn't deal de well with my my grandmother dying. That was something that I should have probably talked to somebody about. Some 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 things that I had locked up. So I think what you all you guys said is true. I think we definitely do a better need to do a better job of seeking some help on when it comes to mental issues because we've been told and um and maybe that's a possibility of a generational curve from what been been taught to us from the beginning as a minority you know you just deal with it and you keep pushing you keep moving on you know you hear it in music everything you know it's just one of those things where i think we definitely could do a better job in that space and now reaching out and seeking help um you know like for like for like for guys i know for us when we have anger we seek a way to get it out like it may be therapy of shooting a gun it may be therapy of fighting it may be therapy of, of that not knowing that that therapy you know, is a mental therapy that we're trying to we're trying to figure out some things. So you know, I I definitely think that um I definitely think it has something to do with you know the way you brought up your experiences, and I do think a religion play a role because like Brandy said, you know, oh you know some sometimes just pray, right? Whereas you know that may not be working. You may need to go seek professional help, especially if you're dealing with certain issues that you know that you it continues to keep coming up and coming up. Yeah, I just wanted to tell uh, Sparkle, I don't know, you know, your situation or what you're looking for, but um, I do work with a, uh, with a program 
um, called Life Enhancement Services. It's based out of uh, Northwest DC. Um, we are like hired as like CSW workers or like community social work. So it's not the same as being a social worker, but we do work with people with mental illnesses in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. If you are, if you have Medicaid or um, you can actually find out if you're able to um, just get into the program either way and they will actually assign you somebody who would actually like that would be their core focus was to almost give like a therapy but at the same time it's less therapy and more like strength discovery and stuff like that trying to kind of build um and help people to kind of build out of maybe whatever rut that they're in so um that is the outlet um i know you said something about looking for somebody but that would be, um, I guess, an outlet that's free to you. I don't like, once again, I don't know what your insurance and stuff looks like, but I know it is free to anybody on Medicaid, so. Okay, thank you. I'm looking for a life coach too, so. Oh, that's the guy right here. I do it all. You ain't got to worry about that. The only thing for me, the only thing for me when it comes to the social health thing. No, y'all don't. I mean, no. I'm sorry. No. Yeah, he said he got life coach. He said he's no, a life coach. No, does anyone know Ayanla? Fix my life? Yes. Nah, bye. Yeah. Okay. Um, but like for me. Bye, man. But like for me, I would think for me though, like I know with mental health issues as well, my biggest thing is I'd rather deal with somebody where I don't have to sit on the couch because I'm my comfort level in that. Because of my experience, not my experience, but just don't want to be looking at the couch. You look at anything playing crazy when you see it everywhere. TV, you know, your parents and everything like that or however you've been raised. So I would rather deal with somebody that maybe in talking, walking, having a good time and having that conversation out to eat, out to lunch and not just sitting on the couch. You know what I'm saying? That's for me. I don't know how everybody else feel about that. But, you know, when it comes to that mental illness or mental health, I definitely think you know, we need to, you know, address it and not be scared to address it. Like, especially like when you look at certain things, like when you've seen a couple of these NBA players, you would be crazy. Like I, I was, I was shocked to hear certain players say it due to the fact that I'm like thinking like, man, you got all this money in the world. You can go anywhere you want. You do everything and everybody know you. But I know like with Kenny, Kenny said something that was very important. He said like right now with the COVID situation, being all around all these people and what's going on gives them anxiety because of what's going on and not even thinking about that portion of it and how that has transpired to a mental health issue for him or a mental health uh, situation for him. You know what I mean? So like, I definitely think we need to definitely look into that more and, you know, figure it out because it possibly could help instead of trying to suppress it and compartmentalize it as well. If I can add this, if, if I can add this to that, um, to the mental health, you know, tidbit, and it just popped in my head as like a revelation almost. I feel like a lot of times why maybe black people have so many reservations about um, exploring, you know, uh, therapists and, you know, psychiatry, you know, uh, psychologists, whatever, is you gotta look at it just like the gym. So like you could, you could buy you a gym membership and you could show up and all the equipment there, you know what I'm saying? All the resources, you know what I'm saying? You see other people in there, you know what I'm saying? Doing their thing, but you still have to put forth for effort. Like you still have to get on the elliptical. You still have to get on the treadmill. You have to still actually sweat and, and put in the work and utilize 
the equipment there. So therapy and, and um, professional counseling is, is the same thing. Like just cause you have your insurance, you know what I'm saying, you pay your copay and you show up or whatever your situation is, you pay out of pocket, you show up, you lay back on somebody's couch or you sit in somebody's office, they not the magic worker. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they're not just gonna look at you and have a couple conversations and be able to help like, that's not that's not what it is. Like it's it's supposed to be, it's like supposed to be a proverbial like safe space for you to open up yeah. and 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 trust that you unpacking, you know what I'm saying, the things that you don't talk about and the things that's that's really there, you know what I'm saying? It's supposed to be that for you to get it out just so that they can help you understand how you can work through it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what I feel like a lot of people have a big misconception about when it comes to mental health counseling. Like they think literally like, oh, I'm gonna go in here. Like, I'm gonna tell them a couple stories. I'm gonna let them know, you know what I'm saying? They just go, nah. And then I'm gonna just say this last part. You also have to find the right type of doctor. You have the right, you have to find the right type of therapist or psychologist that works for you, you know what I'm saying? Cause I mean, I, I'm not no stranger to, you know what I'm saying, to a psychiatrist share. And I remember I had one, he was an Asian, he was like, like late thirties, Asian man. And I used to tell him straight up, I was like, y'all like you, not that you have to so much be able to relate, but a lot of the things that I'm talking to you about, I can tell that it's textbook, things that you're telling me as, as far as what I need to do, but there's no real, you don't have any type of ability to have empathy. Like you don't have any ability to be able to- Because you never experienced what you experienced. Right, and so that's key. Like, you know what I'm saying? And not just saying, cause you know what I'm saying? Like just cause it's a black man or a black woman, it don't necessarily mean that they're going to identify with everything that you may have experienced. But you do have to kind of, just like you may vet a gym or you may vet, you know, whatever it is that you may look at um, patronizing, you have to find that right fit. And sometimes it may not be a professional counseling setting. It may be something else. It may be yoga. It may be some type of, you know what I'm saying, med meditation uh, group that you chime in on Wednesday nights. Like, you know what I'm saying? You have to find your fit. You have to find what speaks to that to your spirit you know what i'm saying that actually helps you um bring all of that shit up to the surface and that's how i feel like people really get to a place that they can actually start dealing with healing all right i got you um let's move Personal on triangle. <laughs> let's move on to the last question but before i understand what you're saying brandy one thing that kind of hit me was uh also before we move on this trust. um i think one thing i know for me is just like trusting the total strangers with my deepest, deepest, darkest secrets and unpacking those things. And I'm um, understanding that it's a stranger where, you know, you used to talk to somebody that you confide and that you really trust. And I think that, that goes a long way as well. Um, but moving on to the last question, last round, man, like I said, for the last round, I don't know what happened to Sparkle. Uh, she yeah. disappeared on us again. Uh, <laughs> I just like to break, I'm sorry guys. I just like talking shit to Sparkle, but no, and I wasn't dressed from the bottom down, so Jesus Christ, boy, she comes on. Oh, the show. we have a shirt on. 
showing that, you know, it's presentable. Right, that's cool. That's cool, showing your little freaky tails. Uh, but, no, uh, appropriate. I am a devout Christian woman. <laughs> I just knew she was gonna say that, but look at, but look at, did you see Bryce? Hold on, Bryce, what you do, Bryce? <laughs> Bryce can creep. That is inappropriate too. But um, moving on to this last round, uh, the last call. Um, everybody raise your glass um, for me. Um, so for me, um, and, and probably I'm gonna do this for a lot of shows. Um, I just wanna, uh, usually we'll do it where we let everybody toast or something. But for me, because, you know, I lost a great, great, great friend. And like I said, like Kenny said, he um, he prayed over the podcast and told us to keep going and everything like that. And for, you know, myself, uh, Brandy, uh, Kenny, somebody that we knew um, since uh, LBA days or Lower Baltimore County, for people that don't know what LBA means, our middle school that we went to, um, and 20 years, 20 plus years of life with him. Um, I just want to toast to Pitt, man. Toast to Jr. Toast to Ronald Pittman, man. Ronald Pittman Jr., Jr., Big Pitt, however y'all know him. Sleepy, all those things, man. Um, that was my guy. Love him so much. I miss him. I miss him so much already. Miss hearing his, seeing his bright smile, his laugh, his jokes, um, all those things, man. Like like uh, Brandy said, man, he's the type of guy that can walk in the room and light it up. You know and I'm saying no matter who was in there. So I want to just raise a toast to him. So toast to Big Pitt, man. Um, we're gonna love we love you. We're gonna keep your legacy going, you, bro. Um, we're gonna keep everything going about you. We're not gonna let you die here for us. Um, we know you're resting easy and we know you got a new place up there in the heavens. So, you know, just continue to be the angel to us that you were here to me on the ground. Thank you. Love you, Pat. Um, as I was saying, last call, uh, round three, last call. Uh, what we do to end the show is the only thing we would like for you to do is just tell us something that you, who you would like to have a bar drink and entree with. Um, for time, you don't have to go into detail about it. Just tell me who you would like to have a, a bar drink and entree with. Uh, let's start with uh, the whiskey introvert, Ms. Brandy. Who would you like to have, if you could, anybody in the world, who would like to have a bar drink and entree with? You on mute, boo. I would, I would have to say my godmama. Um, she uh, lived in District Heights, Maryland. She, she, she lost her, she lost her fight to cancer um, late, late December. So her favorite restaurant was Red Lobster. So yeah, if I could have an entree and a bar drink, it would definitely be with her. Cool, uh, Sparkle. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Um, I wanted you to go to somebody else first and then come back to me. Uh, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Bryce, if you were drinking, Bryce, I know you're not a drinker anymore, but if you was drinking, who would you like to have a bar drink with? Yeah, who would you like to have a drink of entree with? I don't like how Sparkle just got whatever type of... Uh... Courtesy. <laughs> courtesy. Yeah, how'd she just get that courtesy? She been up here before. Y'all was supposed to get her to one of us. It's like no. Nah, um, I said somebody before. I didn't want to repeat the same person, but I'm sorry. Oh no, nah, you good? Um, if so I can have a drink, <laughs> you said a drink or entree, right? Yeah. yeah, whatever you would like to do. Damn, I would probably, I would probably want to have it with Nipsey Hussle. Okay. Because um, to keep it short, 
just coming from, uh, I guess, similar backgrounds. Like we all raised in, you know, everybody from a hood nowadays, but when you come from certain backgrounds and then to be able to make it out and then try to teach people how to catch that fish themselves, you know what I mean? Leading people to the lake. I would like to, I guess, get a dive into his thought process and stuff. Um, and any type of, you know, uh, I guess, tips to do that. Um, I feel like that would be somebody who I would like to do that with. Cool, cool. Coming back to you, Spock. Um, I was going to say Hugh Hefner. So I want to definitely hang out with him. Cool. Yeah. Cool. You went blank for a reason. You froze for a reason. Hey James, um, we, we participate too in the first first show. Oh yeah, we actually do. Gotta love Sparkle though. Gotta Man, love Sparkle. I'm glad she froze. Look at her. <laughs> oh yeah, she back. She back. Why you say he's up in the spot? Why you say hey, give us your reason? Go ahead. go-getter um he's been around for a long time may he rest in peace he has a legacy it's valid yeah i would even wear a robe mute sparkle please thank you <laughs> that's nah, not fair i'm not doing that to my favorite guest exactly okay. um <laughs> nobody else said you right <laughs> Kitty, who would you like to have a body with Andre with? Um, y'all gonna be shocked when I say this shit, but I don't give, I don't care, man. I, I like to have a body drink Andre with Suge Knight. Ain't nobody shocked that you like you like Death Row. Like, you got a Condor hat on. The reason why? The reason why? I don't know. Marion. Uh, what you Marian? say? Yeah. His name is yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> nah, the reason being is um we all know all the fucked up shit should did in the industry. But I think he did a lot of more a lot more good shit in the industry than he did bad shit. And I think a lot of people are still using his blueprints um business-wise. So I just want to talk to him about and me being a businessman, I want to talk to him about some of his business aspirations um and just, you know, be a sponge and just soak up knowledge from him talking business with them. Gotcha. I respect that. That's cool. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, of course for me, man, like me, outside of the outside of my guy Pitt, like just to have one last drink with him, of course. Um, because he was a big whiskey connoisseur. Outside of him, I would like to have a drink with Nas. I like to have a bar drink entree with Nas, man. I um he's he's one of my favorite rappers, if not my favorite. Um I just like the way he think. I like his storytelling. Um, um, found out. Uh, I actually found out a gem about him that he he invested in Ring before it got big, and he made forty million dollars off of it once they sold it. To, I forgot who they sold it to, but just one day, just just want to pick his brain on, you know, how they come up with his concepts. What is his thought process when it comes to music, and how he uh, just storytelling? Like, cause like one of my favorite songs is you know him rapping backwards, like how did he come up with that? Um, um, <clears throat> just some little things that he's done, like 
he makes sure I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he made that is he made his daughter the executive producer on all his albums, so she can always get residuals. Um, just the way he thinks, man, and the way he moves and what he talks about on his albums, like it really, it, um, you know, that's my guy. And I just want to pick his brain about a lot of things, and you know, he's always seemed cool, calm, and collected. So you know, he never, he, to me, no matter what, he never seems shaken. Like yeah. never seen like he's knocked off his, you know, knocked off his uh, path. Yeah. So you know that that that's intriguing to me about no matter what was going on, no matter what was talked about about him, he always seemed like he the same cool guy. Even on Ethan. Yeah. Ethan, like just his like his swag to me is just cool. Like he just always been dope to me. And I would like to really, you know, sit down and have a good conversation with him about you know his life, uh, you know his journey through music and his journey drew, uh, just just growing up as a black man. So, All right. Uh, Let's go ahead and wrap it up, man, for time's sake, James. Oh, man, you know, uh, thank you guys for being on the show, man. We really, really appreciate you guys. Brandy, Bryce, Sparkle, once again, man, always uh, bringing your uh, antics. Uh, we really appreciate them. Thank you so much. Um, but thank you guys again for being on the show. We truly, truly appreciate y'all taking the time out to be on this and, and you know, bearing with us through this. Um, it's the first show back after uh, season two. This is episode, uh, season three, episode one. Um, took a little break, um, you know, and this was, like I said, a tough show for me. Um, you know, just, you know, going through the motions when talking about my um, guy, Big Pit. And I appreciate you guys bearing with me through that. And, you know, um, and also Kenny, you know, how I, you know how I felt about him. But, um, you know, thank you guys once again. Um, Make sure to subscribe to our channel, our YouTube channel, um, um, Bar Drinks and Entrees on YouTube. Also subscribe to at Bar Drinks and Entrees um, on Instagram and Facebook. Make sure also, man, uh, oh, one thing we ask, man, is just tell a friend to tell a friend. So please make sure you hit that subscribe button for it. Yeah. Um, before you, uh, before you uh, get on the show, make sure y'all subscribing as y'all leaving the show. Also, man, for everybody else, uh, Definitely, definitely check us out. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and any other streaming services that are out there. Um, like I said, at the end of it, man, make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. We appreciate y'all. Uh, thank you once again. Uh, man, like we always say, Kenny, it's a wrap. It's a wrap, man. Bob, thanks and entrees. Thanks and entrees. Appreciate you.